welcome back to Next Steps with me, your host, Natalie Morris. You can expect in this episode a guest, as always, our life updates, a little bit about our topic for today, which is centered around student teaching, and a wrap-up of this episode. I'd like to introduce to you my guest, McKenna Jansky. Drumroll, please. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that you're here. Would you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Yes. So I am a CSU student in my fourth and final year of music education. And I'm currently in the semester of student teaching in the first portion in which I'm teaching at an elementary school. And then I will spend the second half of the semester over at a high school. Nice. Absolutely love it. The two placements are such an interesting thing. I know that a lot of us would love to get to know you a little bit better. Would you be willing to share some of your interests or hobbies with us? Absolutely. Yes. So teaching and music are obviously my biggest loves in life. And since starting student teaching, I've been able to get back into my love of reading for fun. So I've been doing that. And I also enjoy cross stitching has been my new hobby. I remember that you wore some shirts to school one day that you had cross stitched patterns on. That was so cool. Yes. So this actually began with my private lessons teacher, the flute professor at CSU, Dr. Michelle Stanley. Uh, I was having a hard time focusing and was talking about being slightly overwhelmed by the curriculum at the time. And she had an idea of starting me, or she had the idea of giving me a project to start on outside of music and school and studies. And she gave me a, a magazine from the 70s of the, these ridiculous crochet pieces of of um, purses and hats and dresses. It was just something we could laugh about, but I took the idea and ran with it and started embroidering my clothing for a while. And then I started cross-stitching and my most recent project was a lighthouse that I created for my grandmother for Christmas. But it's just a fun hobby to do outside of school that is completely unrelated to my studies and to music. I love that. We'll have to talk a little bit more in our life updates about our recent craft hobbies. Mm -hmm. So crafts, I have an update for you. I have started learning how to knit socks. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I have my first one here and I'm, I'm on Zoom with McKenna, so I'm showing her my sock here. And there's all these random paper clips attached to different stitches because I'm trying to keep track of how many stitches I've done and when I start the next one. And it's, it's just confusing, but it's something exciting that's fun outside of music. So exactly something new. That's great. <laughs> I've also created a few more recipes, including an actually successful chocolate chip cookie recipe. Uh, for those of you who haven't tuned into episode six, I told you about a failed chocolate chip cookie recipe. So I'm glad to have this successful version <laughs> now. <laughs> Good. What makes it the best one so far? Well, see, the other one was just a total flop. The cookies turned out just like burnt discs of something, and I just had to throw all of it away. I think it was because I got my measurements wrong, but this one, see, they were actually cookies and they tasted like cookies and they looked like cookies. So a success. A success. Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Another thing that I've done that's pretty revolutionary is I've caught up to the present in two out of three of my favorite podcasts. So I listen to really three main podcasts in general. I listen to Awesome Etiquette, which I've talked about before and I'm a big fan of. I caught up to them. Um, I also listen to a podcast called Two Hot Takes by two young women, um, really more than two young women. It's a lot of people, lots of co-hosts who just read random Reddit stories and give their opinions. And that's often a lot of fun to listen to and hear people you know, argue back and forth about what they think should happen. So I'm caught up with that one. And now the podcast I'm working on is The Happier Podcast with Gretchen Rubin and her sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And that's just fun strategies of ways to live a happier life and things like that. So I'm pretty behind on that podcast, but it gives me something to work towards and then rewards each week when my other two podcasts are released. That's very exciting. It's like being ready to for a new episode to come in and you're just waiting. That's very exciting. Yeah, the anticipation really kills me. I'm not sure that I have any listeners that really anticipate this podcast, but, you know, maybe sometime in the future. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> now, you mentioned in the intro that you've gotten into reading again. What are you reading? Yes, so I am currently reading a book recommended by my cousin, actually gifted to me uh, for Christmas, and she gave me a book called The Song of Achilles. Uh, we went out for drinks because we are finally both of age to go and do that together. So that was very exciting for us and ended up talking for so long just about books and what we've been into recently. So then um, the following day we saw each other and she gifted me this last minute and right before we were leaving. So I've been able to text her back and forth and tell her what I'm excited about. And it's just a beautiful novel. It's based off of the actual person, Achilles, and um, his relationship with Patroclus. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, but the, this author kind of takes the idea of that and runs with it and creates this really beautiful relationship and ties it in with actual historic events that happened in ancient Greece. So it's really interesting. I'm enjoying it a lot. That's great. You know, there's nothing quite like a book to take you away from the present and really pull you into a whole other world. Honestly, it's something I miss a lot. And I'd kind of like to get involved in a book club or something to do more reading, both, you know, professionally and for fun, just because it would hold me accountable to, you know, actually reading the book versus, you know, I'm just going to go to bed a little early tonight. <laughs> Yes, I've never done this before where I'm constantly updating somebody on where I am in a book. And it has definitely encouraged me to pick it up more often than I typically would. But it also makes it more fun to hear her reactions and her excitement for what's coming next. Absolutely. That's so cool that you can do that with your cousin, too. Mm -hmm. So another fun thing that I heard was the weather in Fort Collins today was crazy. For those of you who need some context, McKenna's student teaching in Fort Collins right now. And I'm in Colorado Springs, so, you know, about two hours south. But tell me a little bit about the weather. What happened today? Yeah, so I had no idea that it had been raining or sleeting all night. So I took one step out the door and my foot was over my head within a second. 
completely wiped out. <laughs> and I picked, I just went out to warm up my car. I wasn't even ready to go. So no backpack for protection, anything like that. Just flat on my butt. But um, it was really funny because I looked over and my next door neighbor was sliding down the driveway and then looks over and we were both like, hey, how's it going? As <laughs> just hear me completely wipe out the second I open the door. You know, I've seen and heard a lot of stories about people, you know, just kind of sliding to class or um, I heard one from our friend Rachel who slid down the stairs unexpectedly right outside of her apartment. So yes. <laughs> many calls were had this morning, I'm sure, but the roads were safe, so it was all right. <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that. We had a little bit of unexpected weather in Colorado Springs, too. I didn't know that it was going to snow a little bit, but about 10 a.m., some snow started to fall, and it accumulated a little bit, and by the time I was ready to come home after school around, I don't know, 3.30, I had to scrape some ice off my car and all that, so it was nothing like they had in Fort Collins, but, you know, some unexpected surprise cold weather, which we could use a little bit more of right now in Colorado for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, another update is I got my first cold of student teaching. So I don't know listeners if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm still just a tad congested. And it was funny because I felt it coming on last week and the day after my symptoms kind of increased. So I actually took my first at-home COVID test and you know did all the things with it and it came out negative, which was great. And over the weekend, I got a real COVID test and it also came out negative. So that was awesome. And I know I'm good to go back to school. But the at-home COVID test was really interesting. And for those of you who don't know, you can actually order at-home COVID tests through the Colorado Department of Health and have them sent to your house for free. I think you can get one each month. So for anybody who's looking to have COVID tests readily available, if you're a student or anything like that, I think they're a really great opportunity. So those, that was a pretty cool experience as well, just kind of watching the results pop up in 15 minutes and knowing I was safe to go about my normal day. That's great that you had that readily available. Yeah, thanks to my dad, we actually had one. So yeah, there's, there's lots of options out there for those. I would encourage you all to look into them if you so desire. Well, I'm super excited that we're both headed into our third week of student teaching, or this is our third week of student teaching. We're about midway through right now, and our topic for today is going to be student teaching. So let's let's ask the question and dive in, shall we? Yes. So McKenna, as you know, I ask everybody this question who comes on the podcast, but what are your next steps? So I am set to graduate at the end of this spring semester. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> yes, we are just on the brink of our lives changing completely. And it is really wild to be thinking about what next year might look like and how different that is from what we've experienced being in school for 16 years. Honestly, it is. And I feel like I have so much more to learn. Absolutely. The further we go, the less I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with student teaching, will you tell us a little bit more about what you're teaching, maybe, at the elementary school? I didn't like how I 
phrase that. Let me try again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the student teaching that you're doing right now, what are you teaching at the elementary school? So we are following the curriculum that falls under each grade level. And we have about three classes of each grade that come in and we go through a weekly cycle. So we see this specific group of kids on Monday and only Monday. So we only see them once a week. So it's been a challenge to fit everything possible into only one day a week with these students. How long do you get to see them for? Is it, you know, 30 minutes more? 45 minutes, which is not the time at all. (laughs) Yeah, it really is not a lot of time, especially for all the things that we talk about in a music class. Absolutely. There is so much to cover. The kindergartners are working on understanding the difference between low and high pitches. And then take that to the next level. The first graders are learning short and long sounds. And in third grade, they are beginning to learn what the treble clef looks like and how to read on a staff, which transfers to what we're doing on keyboards with third graders, which has been very fun. And then fourth graders are learning more solfege and things related to rhythms. And then in fifth grade, we are currently working on guitars, which has also been very fun. (laughs) I remember your very first day of student teaching Didn't you have like 18 ukuleles packed in the back of your car? (laughs) I did. I did. I thought it was so funny and representative of what we were doing that I was leaving my very first day student teaching with 18 ukuleles in the back of my car. I was just simply transferring them from my teacher to another teacher down the road because this community in Fort Collins with elementary teachers is so tight and they are all such great friends. And this specific teacher is going to start a mariachi band um, at her school. So we, we had a couple, a couple extra ukuleles and guitars and were able to transfer those over. <laughs> That's great. I absolutely love hearing about how music educators can be so close to one another and really work in fantastic ways. And that's something I'm experiencing with my student teaching as well. Listeners, you'll know that I'm currently student teaching at a middle school, and I've been able to go up to the high school, and I'm also being tasked with going to a few elementary schools to work with their band programs, so I'm really getting the full 5th through 12th grade experience um, here, but the teachers in these places really work so well together because the middle school teachers go to the high school and the elementary, and the high school teachers go see the middle school and the elementary and the elementary teachers come help out at the different places so everybody's going everywhere which is really how i feel as a student teacher going to all these different places you know different places on different days doing different things so it's pretty crazy but it's amazing to see how all these folks really work together to create this culture that brings the best out of the students Absolutely. The students' abilities just increase through their level of schooling. And you got to hope that the elementary teachers are prepping the students enough, well enough to understand how to play instruments, possibly in middle school or do other music related things that may move on to the high school level as well. And it's not so much a system of 
elementary is only there to prep for middle school. When all of the teachers are co connected and understand each other's importance, it feels like there's a better connection between all and there's less of a sense of hierarchy between the levels of classes. Absolutely. Less of a sense of a feeder program and more of a community, right? Absolutely. Yes. What do you think has been the most interesting for you during your student teaching experience so far? What I wasn't prepared for, which I'm very happy to now be experiencing, is that I get to teach the same classes over again. I get to teach the same lessons three times because of the way that the classes are cycling through. So I'm seeing three separate third grade classes that are all learning the same lesson. So what's been a really great experience as a student teacher is getting to teach for the first time, be able to make reflections and see what changes I should be making, and then be able to actually apply that just the following day, which is something that is a very, very rare experience if you're teaching in middle school or high school, especially in ensembles. So this has been a really great learning experience. Yeah, I think that's such a cool system, especially for a beginning teacher, because of the unique ability to reflect. Now, granted, every teacher needs to reflect, so it's not great for just beginning teachers, but I feel that it's such a fantastic opportunity to really take feedback from both your idea of what teaching is like and maybe even your cooperating teacher. Does your cooperating teacher give you feedback after your lessons or how does that work? Yeah, we have a really great relationship in which she can give me criticism and comments that are meant to apply to the next day. And she has definitely let me just learn. She definitely has had many opportunities where she could have come in and changed the way that I was teaching, <laughs> though she let me just experience it and learn my lessons in front of the children and be able to fix it the following day. She's also been recording me, which has been a very humbling experience for sure. And that I think has been one of the best ways for me to learn and reflect um, and understand what needs to change in my own teaching persona and teaching activities that are specific to each day. Okay, yeah, that's really interesting. How do you go about reflecting on those videos of yourself teaching? Does she kind of watch them and, and fast forward to a moment where she thinks you could have done better? Or what does that process look like for you? Most of her feedback is given when I ask for it. She has definitely allowed me to take control of the way that I am learning. And I have my handy dandy uh, reflection journal in front of me. I keep it with me at all times. I just know that these eight weeks are flying by and I don't wanna forget any of it. So I've been taking close notes on everything that I have been experiencing, observing and learning this entire time as recommended by my teacher. And it has been a really great learning device. That's awesome. Yeah, I have been taking notes occasionally in uh, full ensemble rehearsals when I've not been in the rehearsal, actually playing with the children. You know, I'll be standing around, um, around the sides, helping kids, but also taking notes on, on what happened, either to provide feedback for the group later, or even just to remind myself what the important parts about rehearsing an ensemble are. For example, we had 
the Mr. Ray Kramer come visit our band last week, and he's scheduled to come visit again this Friday. And while he was working with the band, I just took fast and furious notes. I was ready and there with my, my pen and my paper, taking down all the things that he was doing with the group, and I was so excited to do so. And, you know, I think I'm going to start up a journal as well, reflecting on some of the experiences I've had so far and maybe starting to change some of the ways I'm thinking about student teaching into more of a thought-provoking reflection and something that I'll be able to look at, you know, in, in two years or whenever. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another thing that's been pretty interesting for us is we had our very first seminar class yesterday, which was where I, again, was reintroduced to the idea of kind of journaling my way through student teaching. So even though this is technically the middle of week three, I do have a little bit of time here and there in the day that I can sit down and journal what's been going on. So I think I'm going to introduce that to my own practice in student teaching. What did you take away from seminar class yesterday? One of my biggest takeaways was it's okay to be experiencing something entirely different from what you are experiencing and all of our peers. We are in completely different schools in different areas, working on different things with different demographics in our areas as well. Uh, our teachers have come and gone with COVID reasons and other things. Yeah, for sure. I've heard of at least three or four people whose teachers have been out either quarantining or with COVID and student teachers have had to step in and take over entirely. Absolutely. Yeah. I actually had the opportunity to step in for my teacher last Monday and that Wednesday afterwards as well. Those were both humbling, exciting, hectic, stressful experiences that I will remember for a long time. And I've learned so much from but it is unfortunate that this is the time that we're living in and this is the time that we're student teaching in that these specific things are happening to a majority of us right now in the field. Yeah, I have to say that it hasn't happened to me yet, knock on wood, but I have been really grateful for all the experiences I've been able to have teaching in front of kids. Most of my experiences so far have been leading small groups and sectionals, either by myself or with a co-teacher, which has been nice. And I've been able to get in front of the full ensemble at the middle school twice now, which is, it's been really wonderful. But deep inside me, I feel that I want to be challenged more and I want to do more and I want to teach more. So I can see, I can see myself kind of gaining initiative. For example, I've been invited to lead warmups before with the middle school group. And even though it's just warm-ups, me being me, I will write a full lesson plan detailing out the standards, you know, and the materials and the rationale and the setting and all those things and bring it to my cooperating teacher beforehand, just have them look over it. And then at the end, when I'm finished teaching, I usually write on one of the backs of the pages all the things that I think, you know, went well, maybe things that I'd like to change for the next time. Just because I'm looking for that extra push, I feel like I haven't quite had been as immersed as some of my other peers like you have, McKenna. So it's really cool that you've had the opportunity to fully step in and, and really, really teach those lessons. A little bit envious of you here. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is still early. I know that you'll get plenty of opportunities to be up in front of the class, but but that doesn't surprise me at all. Natalie Morris is always doing the most. <laughs> yep, I do like to uh, stay occupied and driven. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but when we were discussing what the biggest takeaway was with speaking to our peers, us having completely different experiences at each of our schools was really neat to hear because we have stayed together in this small group of us music ed year four people um, for the last four years have been such a tight knit group. And then to, to all of a sudden be separated with completely different experiences was a really different, really interesting just to find myself as an individual rather than one of our tight knit group. That's definitely something that I've been thinking about recently in these past just three weeks that we've been apart. It really hit me yesterday in seminar when I saw all of our faces together again, even though we were all on Zoom, how much I miss being in that environment with everybody, because it is such a heartwarming experience to be with people who are like-minded or who understand, who've been through the same experiences that you have. And it really made me miss you all, quite honestly. But I am finding a little bit of camaraderie because I do have a second student teacher at my placement, which has been going very well. And I hope to feature him on the podcast here in the next few weeks. So hopefully I can rope him into a, a Zoom session. It's been nice to get to know him and compare differences in our college education and experiences even in the classroom are different between us. So it's wonderful to, to have another person to bounce things off of sometimes. What a great opportunity to be experiencing something like this with someone else. Yeah, I do have to consider myself pretty lucky that there is another person my age and of my similar mindset and experience who's there with me because it's not something that I think anybody else in our class really has. Yeah. So as we're kind of reflecting on our student teaching and how it's going I'd like you to think of one challenging part of this. And I know you've talked a little bit about, you know, taking over the class from your cooperating teacher, um, but maybe another part that's challenging for you and then maybe something fun, like a fun story you have with a student or um, a success that you've experienced in the last three weeks, two and a half weeks, I guess now. Absolutely. So one of my biggest challenges has been accepting that we are starting from square one, not having very much experience with the elementary age. I definitely have learned a lot about my own teaching persona and learning about yourself and the way that you present to others is a very humbling experience in its own, let alone when it is the definition of your career. So finding ways to be okay with making mistakes in front of a group of people and finding ways to not feel guilty if things don't go exactly as you plan. What you're teaching is what they understand about music. So there's a lot of pressure that comes with this. That's often one of my fears about becoming a teacher is I will be physically responsible for a class of 20 plus, maybe up to 60 or 80 or 100, depending on what grade I end up teaching. 
students. I will be responsible for their knowledge. And what if I forget something? I am so susceptible and known to forgetting things, which is why I write everything down. Um, so what if ha what happens? You know, if I forget something important for the kids and I mess everything up, that's definitely one of my personal fears about teaching. Yeah, so I am just in the beginning process of learning to be okay with making mistakes because teachers are not perfect as teachers are just everyday humans like the rest of us. And sometimes it's hard to remember that. Yeah, teachers are regular humans. I walk past all these teachers in the hallway and they always say hi to me. And I wonder, you know, do they even know who I am? But I always smile and I wave back. And it's, it's nice to be in a community of folks who really kind of appreciate and can understand where you're at and how you fit into the life of the teacher as well. Absolutely. Have you made any teacher friends besides your cooperating teacher? Like within a specials group, definitely, but it's kind of like a little <laughs> Yeah. I've heard of a lot of folks who are currently in their elementary placement who eat lunch with all the specials teachers or things like that. Um, and that seems to be something that's pretty unique to the elementary world. Because I don't think my cooperating teacher even really eats lunch. <laughs> I think he just keeps going and keeps going. So it's pretty interesting <laughs> to see the differences as I'm currently, you know, in the secondary world and everyone else I really know of is in that elementary world. Unfortunately, right now they're asking for us to stay mostly in our classrooms to eat. So there hasn't been a ton of learning new names of all the faculty members besides when they've come to pick up and drop off their children. And towards the end of the day, when they just wanna come hang out with Mrs. Casey, which is super fun too, just to get to learn a little bit about what the elementary teacher life 24 seven looks like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So interesting tidbit of information about teacher community. I learned from a previous elementary practicum teacher that one of the questions to ask in a job interview is what the teacher's lounge is used for in the building. Because if the teacher's lounge is really used as a space to come together, eat lunch together, celebrate, you know, have a party, then it seems like the teacher's connections there are really strong and it's a great place to be. But if the teacher's lounge is used as kind of a place where people badger one another or gossip about something, or even if it's not used at all, it's usually not a good sign that the teaching or the teachers are a very cohesive unit. However, I feel like in this pandemic world in the last two years that that's not really a great indicator of what the teaching community is like there because of instances like that where you're supposed to be, you know, limiting yourself to your room or eating alone or things like that. Just some interesting information that I received and thought that could be a really interesting thing. You know, I think I'll share a challenge as well, now that you've shared one. I found it pretty challenging to honestly learn all the names of the students. And we talked a little bit about this in seminars, some different strategies for learning names. There's so many students to remember. There's two full bands at the middle school and then two full bands at the high school and then I visit different groups of elementary schoolers on two or three days a week. So there's just so many names and I trying to keep my schedule straight has been another really big challenge. For example, today I was supposed to go to one elementary school to do sectionals from 1015 to out 1145. And I showed up to the school, I was ready and then 
the teacher sent me away and she was like, we're recording today for our concert and there's nothing for you to do here. So I just went back to the middle school and kind of worked on some other assignments for a seminar class. But man, keeping the schedule straight has really been a challenge for me, which is unusual because usually I'm so type A and organized about everything that I know what's happening all the time. <laughs> I've created a schedule in which every single night I write down the timeline of my full day before the next day, because each day is completely different. And it is so much to remember that unlike you, I have to write everything down. Otherwise it doesn't happen. <laughs> yep. That's definitely what I've been relying on my, my phone calendar for, for sure. I've put all the locations in, so I know how to get everywhere. I've put all the times in. Whew, what a logistical challenge. <laughs> Do you have a fun story or a celebration that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so one fun just little story that I have is just about how kids can just say the darndest things and <laughs> it is hilarious. I was working with second graders and second graders. <laughs> I was working with a second grade class and they were in small groups working on worksheets on the floor. So I knelt down to help one small group of girls and one of them looks over at the other and says, Miss Jansky smells like the dentist. And the other girl goes, yeah, she does. But the kind like after your teeth are all clean and then you get to go home. And the, the first girl goes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> So if you didn't know this about me, I actually have a really irrational fear of the dentist. So if a child said that to me, I would be like, <gasps> okay, but now my question to you is, did they think you smelled like the mint flavor, the bubblegum flavor, or the grape flavor? Great question. I guess we will never know. <laughs> You'll have to ask them. If they ever say that again, they'll be like, okay, but what flavor? <laughs> I guess it means it smells clean. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would definitely prefer that than like, oh, Miss Jansky smells like she just, you know, emerged from a dumpster or something like that. <laughs> that would be a lot worse. <laughs> so I'll share a funny story. A few of us were talking after a student teaching one day about the fun things or the cute things that happen during student teaching. And a lot of my peers who are at elementary schools are responding with, oh, yeah, the kids, you know, randomly come up and hug me or, oh, yeah, the kids are so sweet at times. And, you know, I was just internally thinking to myself, well, you know, the middle schoolers talk about arson a lot. So that's something. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I believe one of them came into the band room after school to get their instrument and they were talking to another one of their friends and they said, is arson illegal? And I was, I looked at my co-student teacher and just gave him this look of extreme questioning and almost worry for these students. It's been a great time. You just hear the darndest things sometimes. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm sure there will be more stories as the weeks progress, but yeah, arson has topped the list so far. Oh, I'm sure we'll have way too many to count by the end of these eight weeks. <laughs> Someone should keep a notebook of all the fun things that students have said. In fact, I think I have a short 
quote book already in my phone. Let's see if I can find it. No way. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Student quotes. I only have two in here. One is, quote, guys, I have decided to run away and become a snake. End quote. And the second um, is more of a thought, but it's about how a student was talking about how he always dreams about colored chickens. Hmm. So hopefully my, my student quote book will increase tenfold over this, you know, student teaching experience because I'd love to add more fun quotes to the book. And hopefully we can get more from all the podcast people who join us. Yes. Well, McKenna, thank you so much for joining me on the seventh episode of my podcast. I'm so excited to have your thoughts. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so great to hear about your experiences in these first couple weeks. I'm also really excited because I'll get to see McKenna in about a week and a half at the Colorado Music Educators Association conference in Colorado Springs. It's going to be great. Woohoo! Woohoo! And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the seventh episode. I'm so happy that you've continued to stick with me on this journey through student teaching. And please continue to tune in for future episodes, which I promise will be just as interesting. Remember that you can leave us a voice message through the link in the episode description. Feel free to leave us comments on our student teaching experiences, any questions you might have or things that you might like answered in the future or even just tips for us or you know what you think about my most recent recipe attempt be sure to like subscribe and rate us on spotify all the things we would love to gain a little bit more traction and also have some stars i'm natalie morris this is next steps and i'll see you in two weeks